0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in San Jose, California, with a very special guest, a longtime friend, Jim Canova. Jim, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch?
1: And not only that, I'm ready to release the park brake, too.
0: There you go. Awesome. So, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Jim?
1: Well, people who know me know I'm a detailer, but what I they don't know is I, I actually... Really admire and am so interested in chefs, professional chefs. And the only thing I make really well right now is a quesadilla. But uh, <laughs> if, if, if time, if time ever permits, I would. I think chefs and detailers have a lot in common in the sense of if you get chefs together. Uh, they'll have very different approaches in terms of, you know, making even a, the same dish. And detailers are quite similar, too, because if you get detailers together in a room, you won't find commonality in the products they use or in the uh, their methodologies. So I just think that there's kind of some similarities in terms of um, the approaches that they take to the end result.
0: Well, that's interesting. I've never heard that comparison before, but having been a detailer, okay, I can buy that. It kind of makes sense. <laughs> Well, let me give you a proper introduction and we'll dive into what's going on with you today. Jim Canova has been a professional detailer since 1990. He also is the inventor of the Bumby Seat, a folding rolling detailing seat that makes working on your vehicle in your garage, your shop and around your home or your office easy and more importantly, comfortable. Jim's calculated he's detailed over 8000 vehicles. That's about 22 mile pile up of cars there. Pile up. Maybe those were the wrong words. Shiny cars. Let's put it that way. And that's earned him the experience he's carried into the design of his Bumby seat, creating a new category of furniture that he calls recreational utility seating. He launched his first Bumby seat on Kickstarter back in 2019 and discovered that buyers were using a seat for Many more projects than detailing, from gardening to tailgating, patios, dog grooming, ranch chores, aircraft work, motorcycle maintenance, art studios, and much, much more. Today, he is launching, or I should say next week, actually, a new and approved design on Indiegogo with the Acorn Product Development Company. And you can get your new Bumby seat starting August 5th. We'll put a link in this show notes page. Before we get started, a word from our sponsors. So let's give them a little love, and we'll be right back. Covercraft's newest three-layer all-climate cover is especially engineered for moderate weather conditions, and it's treated with an extra UV-resistant formula. It's soft, it's breathable, and it's easy to store, all while pampering your paint, providing maximum UV, rain, and dust protection. If you live where it's windy, no worries. Simply add their gust guards for windy conditions to add extra protection to keep your cover in place. Your three-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form, and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their tradition since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover, and I have a deal for you. Use the code ya 21 Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com, and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus Free shipping, that's right. So get 10% off with free shipping by simply using the code ya 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance, what a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and provided a reasonable quote. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So Jim, we're back. So let's start with your detailing business. You've been doing this a long time. I have a special affinity for detailing because I started doing that back when I was, I think I was 14 years old. What got you into the detailing world?
1: Well, I love cars. Uh, Ever since I was a a small child, I love cars. My mom has this great picture of me in the early 60s, two model cars in my hands. And uh, they're both Mercedes-Benz Goldwings, And so You know, I've just been in love with cars at such a young age and so detailing was just a natural thing for me to want to do because I just have a passion for design, I have a passion for the history behind the cars and it's just something I just really enjoy. It's You know, you think about a lot of work, there's a lot of work where people never feel that they've completed the task but as you know, when you detail a car and you get to the end of the process and you see that end result and you see the smile on your client's face, which I've seen for a very long time now, as you said, I've detailed 8,000 cars. But when you see that smile on your client's face, it just brings me great joy and a sense of satisfaction. So at the end of each day, I think it's wonderful to be able to say that's done.
0: Yeah, there's a sense of satisfaction, and you're right. I wish I had kept track of how many cars I detailed starting back when I was young. Of course, I did it all the way through college and continued to do them on the weekends with special cars that I like to play with to help save up some money for my, my wife and my first home. But one of the things that has come out of this detailing business that you've had is the need for the right tools. And I've had many guests on this show that have created detailing products and or other products out of their business because, well, they know. They've been in it. And this Bumby Seat is something that you came up with. So I want to start with the first one that you did when you had your Kickstarter program. And then we're going to get into the new and improved version. But Bumby Seat, where did this idea come from?
1: Well, the the name Bumby Seat, I should say, my, my wife and kids came up with the name. But uh, as you stated earlier, detailing, garage, garden, by the barbecue, uh, in the shop, just so many applications. But you're sitting on your bum and you're busy as a bee. So that's basically the, <laughs> the, the, where the name came from. And it's interesting, when we did the Kickstarter campaign, we actually sold some bumby seats to England and to Australia, because as you know, in those countries, bum is a very common phrase. Mm. And so they really seem to take to the Bum seat. But what got me going with this very early when I started detailing, I had a client. It was a real nice gentleman. He had just retired from doing floor installation for like 40 years. And I was out in his driveway. It was a asphalt driveway, pretty pretty rough asphalt driveway. And I was working on my knees, no, no knee pads, just in my jeans, just jumping up and down, dropping to your knees, doing the rims and all those little places. And he came out to me and he said, young man, he said, and I was a young man then, Mark. He said, young man, if you keep working this way, he says, when you get to be my age, you're not going to be able to stand up out of a chair. And as you know, people that install floors, you know, they're on their knees all day long.
0: I know how they do that. I've watched carpet installers. I'm thinking, how can you do that for more than five years? I mean, don't your knees wear out?
1: They do. And it's brutal. So he suggested I start at least start wearing knee pads, which I do. And sometimes you do need to use knee pads. But knee pads are still so uncomfortable and and it's not fast and efficient. I needed something that would allow me to be comfortable for the really low. Like when you're doing a rim, Uh, a rim can be very demanding. It depends on the rim design, but some rim They they require a lot of time. And if you're on your knees, that's just going to be brutal. When I started researching this, you know, I looked up sports medicine doctors and their recommendations and their recommendation basically is to to get off your knees. (laughs) Uh, They're saying uh, sitting is far preferable. To being on your knees. When you're on your knees for those extended periods, it can actually damage your patella. So it's just not a good thing to be on your knees like that. You know, in in the case of um, you know detailing, you're doing it Monday through Friday. You know, eight hours a day. It it takes a toll. So one day I came home from work and uh, I told my wife, "Oh, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way." And I remember that day very well because we don't get lightning storms in the Bay Area very often, but this was the day when there was a lightning storm. And so I was frustrated. I went out into the tool shed and I took a traditional normal height seat and I started hacksawing and banging. And anyway, I, I came up with the first mule of the concept, which was a seat just fixed low. Uh, it didn't adjust to a normal height. It was just simply a cushion on a low frame. And I started using it day to day in the business. And what a difference it made. I mean, it, it's so much better. Than, I mean, if you could sit on a piece of carpet, that's still slow. You could take a little cushion knee pad like you'll see used in the garden. Again, it's very slow. You have to drag this cushion around or drag your tush around and it's just not efficient. This is It puts you low in a comfortable seat with wheels. What triggered Kickstarter was is we, I needed to make the seat adjust to a normal height. So you could do both things. You could do the normal height work and the extremely low level work. And so I came up with the Bumby seat that we had launched on Kickstarter. And we made that a custom run right here in the Silicon Valley. So that was a very interesting experience. Uh, The frame was made by a bicycle frame maker in Willow Glen. And so all the frames are made right here. Uh, It has folding leg struts. I should point that out. There are adjustable seats that have hydraulic struts. But the problem with a hydraulic strut, is it doesn't go low enough. Right. You know, in its most collapsed position, it's still too high for the really low level things. And so rather than using a hydraulic strut, this has four folding leg struts, which is the basis of my patent. I was able to get a, a utility, United States utility patent. Uh, and it's based on that whole idea of these four folding leg struts. So anyway, we, developed it here in the Silicon Valley. We built it custom here in the Silicon Valley. The leg struts were made by a company that does defense contract work. And then I I located the wheels. Um, I had another company do the powder coating. And some of these folks were clients, so I already knew them through my detailing business, pulled it all together. And uh, we were able to do a custom run and ship them out by Kickstarter. And uh, great quotes and reviews from you know, everyone who's received one has loved them and they're really quite well built. The thing that I wanted to do in, in this new launch is I wanted to improve the design. Mm, okay. So I I hooked, I hooked up with a company here in Newark, California, and one of the principals actually worked with Steve Jobs at Next Computers back in the day. Just so many interesting storylines here of the people and the very talented people throughout throughout Silicon Valley. And so anyway, Acorn Product Development does work for so many companies uh, an example would be if you have a brita water filter pitcher they do they they did that design oh, work okay i've got one of those yeah <laughs> so they're a very reputable company they have a worldwide presence and so i went in and they in in our indiegogo launch you'll see the video where we actually that video is actually shot at um, acorns um, location in, in newark but anyway we sat down and talked about making improvements and so the major improvement we wanted to, to put into the production version of this, you know, beyond just a custom run, is the four individual legs, the Kickstarter version, you have to lock and unlock. And, and I sent you one of those you've had it to, to use and get used to. Yeah, You have to lock and unlock each leg separately, individually. And Acorn has, we have a CAD video that shows where they want to go. They want to make that all work in one motion. Oh, I love it. So rather than lifting and lowering one side and then the other side is in the Kickstarter version, the cushion will go up and go back down in one movement. And so that's, that's where we're going and, uh, and of course they'll, they'll be able to refine it um, so it's ready for larger numbers in terms of production. That is basically the evolution of it. And so, but it's it's a great product. Uh, the feedback from the Kickstarter folks was wonderful. And so we just need to now move this from a custom run to a larger production run.
0: Right. Well, it's super exciting. And, you know, from need becomes invention and invention becomes a product. And it, it's so exciting to watch the evolution of this because I've known you listeners. I've known Jim for some time and got involved with him a long, long time ago and, Uh, loved his first product. And I can't wait for the final design of the new product, which is pretty cool. But I've used the Bumby Seat. It's so comfortable and nice. And I love to care for my cars. And the whole concept of being able to get low and still roll around and not be on my knees is so much more comfortable. And you listeners are going to be hearing uh, some ads in the coming months here from Jim for Bumby Seat here on Cars. Yeah, because I really want to direct you guys who are listeners who love to care for their vehicles or do any, Thing around your house. You know, We when you sent me the, the machine I have now or the seat I have now, my wife looked at it and she goes, Okay, I can see that out on the deck. I could see that in my laundry room where I'm doing projects and things. And there's so many different uses for this. So I encourage you listeners to. Take a peek at what Jim's doing, but more importantly, the entrepreneurship here, the innovation, the design, and the fact that he's a guy who has used this product and it came from years of being down low working on cars. I mean, I'm just so excited to have you as part of cars Yeah here and part of it. Now, I like to ask my guest about what I call driving inspirations, and there's a kind of a well-known guy that's uh, uh, making waves in the world, has been for for some time. That's a bit of a mentor for you, right? Uh, And I think his name is Elon.
1: Yeah, yeah, that story. Again, I'm in Silicon Valley, so I should probably write a book just on my experience in Silicon Valley because I've been detailing since 1990. So I was here for the first tech boom, the second tech boom. My experience with Elon was going back to say 96, 97, somewhere in that time frame. And so this is before PayPal and before Tesla, before SpaceX. Uh, he was involved in with a company with his brother that was called Zip2 and it was based in Palo Alto, California. And he was one of our clients. So I actually had an opportunity to detail for him. And at that time, the car that he had was a really beautiful black Jaguar XK. Classic. Oh wow! Yeah, and so that interaction with him was very inspirational to me because he's just such a creative individual. Yeah, and, and and I can speak to that with all my clients. I have so many clients. You know, in Silicon Valley, you have some fascinating people and and their creativity. I mentioned to you a quote from Elon that inspires me. Great companies are built on great products. I love that quote. But when you see the creativity in this valley and and what people have done and how they've achieved their success, it's so fascinating. I have one client where... You know, I have my patent and I'm very excited about it. This gentleman has, I don't know, 500 patents.
2: Oh, my gosh. And
1: I know. And when you have a conversation with him, he's so fascinating that uh, he was very close friends with Steve, Steve Jobs when he was alive. And, uh, but, but this is someone, if you went out to a restaurant with him, he's looking around at everything that's going on and coming up in his mind with better products and different ways of doing things. And it's just such a fascinating view of the world around us. And there's so many opportunities around us for all of us to make our quality of life better. Uh, And I just really admire that kind of creativity. Uh, Other people that I admire, I mentioned really all my clients um, have been just so wonderful knowing them and watching them over the years, seeing their careers grow, their businesses grow, their families grow. In turn, they've seen that with me as well. Uh, You're one of the folks that has has inspired me because I mentioned to you the story that the the first time you and I ever had an interaction, um, I had a client with a Porsche mechanic shop in Santa Clara, California. And uh, he handed me a, a Griot's Garage Handbook. And anyway, he says, you got to read this. You got to read the copy. He said, the copy <laughs> in here is fantastic. <laughs> so so, he gets, so I took it home and my wife says, what are you reading? Yeah. I said, this is great. I said, I, I totally, wow, this, whoever wrote this copy is incredible. It's incredible. That was you, Mark. That was me, yeah. You you wrote that copy. So so that's kind of, even though we didn't know each other yet, our friendship kind of started then because the way you wrote about the various products and the tools, and and, and that's really what got me into a very creative space with trying to come up with better ways of, of doing the work.
0: Well, I appreciate that uh, accolade from you. Thank you very much. That means the world for me. That was was great fun for me to to do that among the many, many hats I wore when I was at Creos Garage and running that business. I always say that's why I have no more hair on my head because I wore way too many hats, Uh, rubbed it uh, all off. But, you know, it begs to lead me to another question, and that is how many of us listening today have picked up a product and used it and said, Did the designer or the company, did anyone ever actually use this thing? It doesn't work right. It could be so much better. And in our minds, and even if you're not a innovative type person, I know everybody listening has done this. They picked up something that just doesn't work well and they scratch their head and think, why did they not take it one step further? So my question for you, Jim, having done this kind of thing. How would you encourage somebody listening today, if they have a neat idea or they see something that needs improvement that they could recreate, reinvent much better, how would you encourage them to go forward and do what you've done? And nowadays, I mean, think back to then how hard it was to bring a product to market. Now with Indiegogo and with Kickstarter and there's all these social media opportunities that are essentially free advertising. How would you encourage somebody to take that first step?
1: I would say, and, and one person I should add to the inspirational list would be my father, because uh, he was in the construction business. But but he would always take me around as a child, and, and his customers loved him, and, and I and I learned from the way his customers were family, and I've carried that over in my business. I should give my dad some credit there. Um, you know, uh, William Canova, great man. No, I would say if you have an idea for a product, uh, a, a better way of doing something, the the first place that you need to go, and it's it's free, is the uh, United States. Patent Trade Office website and you can do a search for free. And so that's probably the first place to begin is just because you never know. It could be that someone else had a very similar um, thought as you have had about a product and you want to make sure that that has not already been done. Once you've established that this idea you have is actually fresh and it hasn't been done, then, although it's an expense, it's well worth going to see a patent attorney. Yes. Uh, a good one that's highly recommended. That's really where you need to begin.
0: Absolutely. You know, it's the same when you come up with a company name. I've talked to people who have come up. Let's say let's pick a pod. When I came up with this podcast name, my wife came up with this name. Actually, I did exactly that. I went to an attorney and I said, "Okay, I want to make sure this doesn't exist versus just typing it in and going, oh, nobody has it because you do not want to build a brand or a business or a product and find out six months down the road if somebody owns the rights to that name, uh, you will be very unhappy. It will cost you a lot of money. And so uh, your advice is, and it may be one of those things that people don't like to spend money on, but do it, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. And, it, and, it's, and you will need to spend money. So obviously shop around, get recommendations, but but a great patent attorney Um, is well worth the money.
0: Absolutely. We'll take a short break. Thank our sponsors. We come back. I want to talk a little bit about maybe one big challenge. I'm sure there's many when you invent these products, but one big challenge that you ran up against and how you overcame that. So keep that in mind. And we'll be right back. You listeners know that I'm a huge car care fanatic and my friends at AutoGeek created their Wolfgang deep gloss paint sealant for perfectionists like you and me. Wolfgang A Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is designed to provide long-lasting protection and a glossy, slick finish that, well, it's unmatched. The use of polymer technology ensures your paint is protected from environmental contaminants, those damaging UV rays, and lasts up to three months long. By providing the glossy look of carnauba wax with the longevity of a synthetic formula, Wolfgang A Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is the best of both worlds. Go to AutoGeek.net to get yours, for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. AutoGeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. And be sure to use the code cars, yeah when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM Apprenticeship Program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals the endangered skills program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever for more information on how the rpm foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade visit rpm foundation today they're one of the charities of choice here on cars yeah so, Jim, let's talk about this. A huge challenge, maybe even a failure you came up against, but more importantly, what did that teach you? Because if we're not pushing the envelope and coming up with failures and obstacles and challenges, we're not trying hard enough. These are great things, but they do teach us valuable lessons. So can you walk us through one that you encountered?
1: Probably with respect to the Bumby seat, you know, we, we after we did the Kickstarter, campaign, then I, I needed to take the next step. So I created Bumby Designs Incorporated. So, so that is our entity that is working with Acorn Product Development to do this campaign and, and do this production run. But as you know, that 2019, this was late 2019, um, as we rolled into 2020, we rolled into a pandemic. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and so. <laughs> So that really kind of changed everything, not the least of which is a whole issue of supply chain issues, which is just tremendous. And so one thing that I'm grateful for is that Acorn has that kind of worldwide experience to help us sort our way through it. Mm. Um, we're going to try to do as much as we can to source things in the United States uh, wherever possible, um, and also really try to keep... Items off of the water as much as possible yes. because you know, we always hear these stories of product that are just sitting in boats offshore waiting to come onshore. So, even if we're not able to source certain components in the United States, I would prefer to try to either do that in Canada or try to do that in Mexico. But, in as much as possible, try to keep as much off the water as we can. And, and so, I think with a Bumbi seat, a great place to start. I would love to get a resource in the United States or at least in North America or Central America for the frame itself because that's the um very important foundation. And then really the other components that go onto the sea obviously are gonna be the wheels, which that's not a difficult thing to source. And then um the leg struts, which um are, you know, have to be made to specifications which Acorn is gonna make sure that happens. So it's done, you know, In a a quality way, and uh, and then of course there's the seat cushion itself. The one that you have is from our custom run, so that's actually a really nice seat cushion you have there. It's a very expensive memory memory foam seat. Thank you. And (laughs) my bum. Thanks you too. You have a very nice one, that customer, that that actually, and remember those we did here in the Silicon Valley, I found a company here that actually does uh, restaurant upholstery. So you've mm-hmm. got a really nice cushion on that, but um, but we're going to work with um, Acorn. They're going to help us find the various vendors that we need to find for the various components, bring it all together, and then, of course, ship it out to, to our customers through Indiegogo, and Indiegogo has great support for that, you know, that we will be able to um, ship that out, not just to the states, but worldwide very effectively. But uh, but I would say the, the biggest challenge that we ran into was, of course, the pandemic and then all the supply chain issues that really started in the pandemic and we're still kind of dealing with right uh, now.
0: We're still dealing with it big time. I, I speak with so many people here on Cars. Yeah, every single person I've spoken to in the last two and a half years has been affected, not only by COVID, but by the supply chain issues. I was just at a Porsche dealership this weekend looking at Porsches and the sales, you know, they had barely any stock. And he said, yeah, it's been this way for two years now. He said, every car we get in here is already pre-ordered and sold. We don't have any new cars. And I don't see when we're ever going to have them in the future. It's going to be a long time. So you have to either order cars or buy used cars. And he said as a trickle down from that, all these used cars here are basically selling for what they sold for new. Because supply and demand, yeah. it's a basic rule of business. And uh it's affected everything. So it's been a huge, huge challenge and continues to be. Let's talk about cars for a moment. Because we're at Cars Yeah here today. Is there a special vehicle in your life you could share a story about?
1: Well, two, I'll go back to when I was a teenager. I grew up in the Washington DC area and I came to California when I was 19 and the car that I drove, and this would be 1979, the car that I drove to California was a, a dark green 1969 Firebird. Pontiac called this dark green midnight green. It was such a dark green it almost looked black. And if you remember the the Firebird 400 with a double scoop hood. Oh yeah, around 1969. Picture that car, manual shifts, nice little Hurst shifter with beautiful Krager SS mags, and um, and then also the muscle car era. I'm sure you'll remember, but the carpeting. In the muscle cars was virtually indestructible. They used this, um, it was a Berber style kind of hook, hook and loop type carpeting. Uh And, and you know, as a detailer, I appreciate this because you could have mud and dirt and whatever on top of that type of carpeting. And, and it just, the dirt just sat on the top. It didn't get down into the fibers or into the base of the carpet. So, um, just indestructible carpet. But great car. I drove it across the country with a, a very close friend of mine. And that's what brought me uh, as a very, very young man to California. <laughs> but uh, that car is just, just very meaningful to me. If I could ever find that car, because once I got out to California, I sold it. And, and uh, you know, it's very difficult to find a car you used to, you used to have. Right. But um, but if that car, is, if it's still out there somewhere, I'd love to find that car again.
0: Yeah, I think there's a way to do VIN searches if you have the VIN of that car.
1: I haven't be, been able to find the VIN. I'm hoping my, my sisters have been kind and we've tried to look through old family paperwork to see if we have it floating around somewhere. If we could find a VIN, that would be a place to start. But have you ever re- have you ever found a car that you used to have?
0: <laughs> my first car was a terrible car. Actually, it was a nice car, but it, I hated it. It was a 1967 Chevy Nova that my neighbor oh. up the street, he ran a Chevy dealership, and a little old lady turned that car in. And I got that car when I got my driver's license. It got me back and forth to the beach to go surfing, but it was nothing special. And years later, when well, see, I bought that car in 74, I think, 73, years later, nineteen 1985, I had been married, we had our little baby, and we're driving in San Diego. And I pull up behind a Chevy Nova, and I looked at my wife, and I said, I had a car just like that. That was my first car. And she said, I think that was your first car. It has a La Jolla High School license plate frame on it. <laughs> and I went, what? And I looked, at, and it was my first car.
1: How cool. How cool is that?
0: Yeah, I could you that, not? That,
1: that's pretty that's pretty neat. <laughs> it was kind of fun. Now my
0: second car was a sixty-seven Chevy uh Chevy, no. My second car was a nineteen sixty-seven Carmen Ghia that I promptly tore apart and restored and built that up into what I call my poor man's Porsche. I love that car. Painted it special. I built up the engine, all this cool stuff. And in nineteen seventy-nine I had saved up and I bought a brand new first generation Scirocco. and I sold that Ghia to a friend of mine. She wanted it really bad, and she went off, and I figured I'd never see it again. She was going to go off to college, and I was driving home one afternoon, looked down a street, and I saw that car, and it had been hit. Uh, she had been hit by a drunk driver. The entire front of the car was completely caved into the front tires, and I rolled up on it, and I went, oh, my gosh. Turns out she was in the, <laughs> the hospital. She was seriously hurt, but, oh. but she survived, thank goodness, and yeah. so – my my history of rolling up on past cars is a little bit spooky and then that Scirocco, when I sold that, that lady she got hit by somebody. So I guess the rule is don't buy a car from me because maybe it's got some bad juju going with oh, it. Oh, uh, oh wow. Yeah. So I have uh, seen those three cars. You know, I just recently sold a beautiful '87 Turbo, and that car is living about an hour north. We'll knock on wood that nothing's going to happen to that baby. But uh, such,
1: such, such a beautiful car, such a beautiful car. I love, I love that Porsche. The other car that I had that I. I I jotted down here. I did enjoy, but it was a 1993 Viper. Uh, right. That's a very early generation. Black side pipes. uh didn't have a roof. It had a, a Jeep-like vinyl little insert. The, that generation had no side glass in the doors. It was just it's kind of like driving the Batmobile. But it was a fun car. I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, that generation of Viper had um, a little under 500 horsepower it was in the high fours. Had similar torque. Uh, it was six-speed manual shift. He had put Hoosier tires, track tires on it, those gumball sticky Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. You know, in California, it's dry most of the year, as we all know. So you can get away with Hoosiers on a summer day, but you don't want to be on Hoosiers when it's raining.
2: No, no. And, uh, not at yeah.
1: all. But but I had it for a couple of years and stuff. Uh, but we let that go. It gave my wife a headache. The side pipes. I couldn't hear what she was saying to me when we drove places. <laughs> but it was
0: fun. I had the uh, guy who was originally on the first Viper team uh, that led the team to design those first Vipers as a guest on the show a couple months ago. So you have to go back and listen oh, wow. Listen to that show because I will. I will. fascinating I will. story. So I'm going to crawl into your head and be your car sure. psychologist. If you were reincarnated as a vehicle, what would you be and why?
1: I think, you know, and, I, and, and it's very hard because I detail cars. I, I, I do so many nice cars. It's kind of difficult but one car that's always just really charmed me and it's not the fastest car, it's not the best handling car, but it, it's just a beautiful marriage of the sound and the look and the feel. Um I I've just always loved the Ferrari 360. I just think it's a, such a beautiful car. So it's just this very balanced and um and of course, you know, it was offered manual shift and uh and I just love that classic ferrari shifter the manual shift shift it's such a i think Grea's garage offered it as a paperweight at one point it was in, in the catalog yeah, it was
0: i sourced that something product for your desk
1: <laughs> yeah it, so okay it's, it's architecture it's a, that that shifter is architecture it's just such a beautiful thing so that's what i i jotted down a, a red 360 ferrari yeah
0: in fact that product that we sold i've got one it's out in the garage i hang my hat on it um it also works as a nice hat hanger a coat hanger uh hang my detailing oh. apron on it as well oh wow yeah yeah in fact i had a, a last night for dinner uh, a past guest here ramsey potts who's uh, become a great friend of mine he now works for broad Arrow auctions um he stopped by on his way back from the forest grove concord and had dinner with my wife and i and we were out in the garage and he goes I've got that. I've got that. He was pointing to all these products that I used to source when I was at Griot's and he, he pointed to that product. And he goes, I've got one of those. It's a paperweight. I didn't think about mounting it on the wall and using it as a hat hanger because he's always wearing his hat. So there you go. Kind of fun to hear that. So how about great books? I know you have a couple great books to share this today. Yeah,
1: so what I came up with for the books, the first one, and I, and I, I sent you a link for it if you want to add that to the notes. It's a book that's been out for a while, but it's called The Millionaire Next Door. Yep. Uh, the authors are Thomas Stanley and William, uh, Dano, and they, what I love about the book, and it was actually given to me by a client in the early days of the business. But, um, she was just so inspired with what I was doing with my small business. And she said, you have to read this book. And I think for anyone who wants to, um, be an entrepreneur, start their own business, it's a must read. Because, you know, when we think about, um, <clears throat> success in life, you know, oftentimes we'll associate it with, a doctor or a lawyer and that that's obviously a successful track and something to be highly respected but there's so many people around us that we're unaware of that have achieved great success doing things they have passions for. Mm-hmm. I think the key for me and my dad taught me this is that all work is honorable and, and and I think that's really true. And when you go to a restaurant and they're passionate about what they're doing, you have a detail or he's passionate about what he's doing. Oh, You listen to a podcast where the host is passionate about what he's doing. It's that passion for what you're doing that just is so meaningful yep. and i think it just enhances our quality of life in so many ways business a successful business of whatever it is is an extension of that human being that launched that business and 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 that's really what those clients are falling in love with is the service the product all of those things but they're also falling in love with that individual and the passion they bring to their work every day
0: yeah absolutely the other one you're going to recommend today is a detailing book right
1: yeah, this is when I first started in 1990, and these books are, you know, were printed originally in the 80s and 90s, but the author is David H. Jacobs. He has quite a few titles. Uh, the one that I read when I was starting out is called Ultimate Auto Detailing. Now, for a reader today in 2022, you're going to be seeing products that are shown in the book that were you know, popular in the late 80s and early 90s, but that's not really the point of the book. It's, it's the methodology. It's it's the, the, the way that he goes about detailing a car. I mean, it, if you think about it, if you detail a car really properly, you know, we think about the details. As you know, there's a, there's a whole lot of ground to cover, you know, and every car is different. You know, some days I'll have the Ferrari that's in the garage. That's one scenario. Uh, but I also do daily drivers. Some days I'll get a car that it's had a tough go. It's had a rough life, you know. And so, whenever you come to detail a vehicle, you have to have a um, a strategy in mind and a methodology in mind because. Uh, you'd be surprised, but you can gobble up eight hours and more in a day going through a car thoroughly, properly. But when it's all said and done, I mean, I've had many clients who have had me do a car that they were going to sell. And then I get done and they go, you know what? We're keeping this car. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I I understand it 100%. So I'm going to enable you to go on what I call the ultimate drive. I'm going to buy you any car in the world. Doesn't matter what it is, how much it costs, I'm going to buy it for you. You can go anywhere and you can be with anybody, even somebody who's passed. So, what does that ultimate drive look like for you?
1: That was a tough one I was thinking about that and and I could think of historical figures like I was thinking about wouldn't it be cool to go for a ride with Ben Franklin yeah. but but I decided to skip that although he'd be a fascinating person to uh, he Ben Franklin would catch up with our modern life and probably 10 days or less. I mean, what a guy. But, um, but you know, I think that uh, the person I thought of, I was at Pebble Beach a few years ago and, you know, we, we bump into each other yes. at the concourse and uh, I was there for my client. And uh, and after I was done with the car, I was uh, taking a snack at one of the shacks. So sitting on a bench, you know, and enjoying mm-hmm. some little slider burgers. My wife was off somewhere else. I think she went into Carmel to go shopping and uh, I was sitting next to a, a father and a son from Italy. And, um, and the son spoke English and he was between the two of us. And we were just going back and forth talking about our love of cars and everything else. And then this camera crew comes over and starts interviewing him. Yeah, uh, the father was, uh, Paolo Pinaferina. Oh my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> I, and I, and I, I went up and I went, Oh my gosh, and I had no idea. So, you know, I thanked them for spending time with me and yeah. uh, talking to them. And so uh, I was thinking in terms of this question, I would like to have him, have him choose the car, Okay. have him drive, and and, uh, we will be on our way to the Pebble Beach Concourse. And the conversation we would have would be about automotive design. I I would love that conversation.
0: That would be pretty darn cool. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful ride today, a wonderful roll around the garage in the Bumby seat. Before I let you go, could you share maybe a success quote or a mantra or some kind of words of inspiration?
1: You know, I alluded to it earlier, but um, I like that Elon Musk quote very much. It was a, It's been very inspiring to me on my bumpy sea journey. And uh, that is great. Companies are built on great products, and and they really are. And uh, and so you know that that is definitely something that I would uh, say has been very inspirational to me in this journey because it is a process. It's quite a process to go from the idea to the patent to that custom run, and then now taking that next step to refining the product for a larger production run. It's, it's quite a journey.
0: It's an amazing journey, and I'm really proud of what you're doing, Jim. How can people learn more about the Bumby Seat?
1: Uh, I would say um, for information, they can go to our website, bumbyseat.com. Um, you cannot order a Bumby Seat there. Uh, that will be on the Indiegogo campaign. So when we launch on August 5th, um, I would encourage those who would like to uh, order their own bumpy Seat to go to Indiegogo.com and that is um, where we're launching the bumpy Seat and this is like Kickstarter, Kickstarter and Indiegogo are what are referred to as crowdfunding platforms, uh, but folks have all types of products that you'll, you'll see many, many products there. They launch their products there. And so we, we will have a 60-day campaign starting on the 5th. And uh, if we reach our goals, Indiegogo allows you to stay on the platform as an in-demand product, and that is our goal to remain there as an in-demand product. So, um, I would say on August 5th, I would definitely encourage those who want a Bumby seat of their own, go to Indiegogo.com in the search field, put in the Bumby seat, and it will take you to the link. And then, of course, I know you'll, you'll, also include the link when it's live in in your show notes
0: absolutely that's b-u-m-b-e-e seat bumby seat uh check it out and i've got one i love it you're gonna want one too uh so go to their website bumbyseat.com you can learn more about it there and of course starting august 5th go to indiegogo and type in bumby seat and you can order your own jim uh, congratulations on this next evolution of the Bumby seat. It's been so fun to have you on the show and get some inspiration about somebody who's created a product out of necessity. I love that until you and I talk again. In fact, I'm sure we're going to probably see ourselves, see ourselves. I'm sure we're going to see each other uh, down there during car week. You and I will see each other down the road.
1: Thank you, Mark. And, and, and thank you, Mark, for being so inspirational to me over the years. You're um, welcome. You, 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 you really are incredible. and, and I love what you've done with Carsier. Yeah. It's just so exciting and, and it inspires me. So thank you so much.
0: Well, I'm honored. Thank you. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up